because if, if you're sitting out there as a limited partner, you might go, okay, what kind of questions should I ask? And then as a, as a general partner, of course, um, you want to know those questions that limited partners might, might be asking and how should we really process and think about that. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, we've got the North Star Real Estate Conference coming April 24th and 25th in Minneapolis. And this conference is gonna be for everyone. We're covering the gamut of real estate. If you are just beginning, this conference is for you. If you have 100, 200, 500 units, this conference is for you. If you wanna get into commercial real estate, this conference is for you. And the best part about the North Star Real Estate Conference is the networking. The networking is phenomenal. We've got high performers there. We've got amazing speakers and amazing attendees that are gonna be adding a ton of value to your business. We can't wait to see you there April 24th and 25th. Check it out, I'll see you there. No, I'll just send you some information. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, as always, on this Hump Day Hustles, Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing fantastic. Um, you know, we just uh, keep on moving on, man. Keep on, keep on crushing it. All right, sounds good. LOIs in. This Appreciate week, uh, phone call and you more. Have so I'm hoping today. something. You do. Something lands here. You got to keep on fishing. Awesome. Well, so you know. Yep. Absolutely. And we got an exciting announcement too, Matt. We got Brandon Turner uh, with Bigger Pockets who decided, hey, he's going to be able to speak at our conference. So he's going to be joining us at the North Star Real Estate Conference. Uh, so anybody who wants to meet Brandon, hear him speak. He's a very good speaker. He's got a lot of great things to say. Uh, he's going to be at the conference April 24th, 25th in in Minneapolis or in Bloomington by the Mall of America. So we got him, we got Trevor McGregor. I mean, we got a huge lineup. It's really awesome. Um, so you can go to your, you know, our website, Northstar, nreconference.com, nreconference.com. And uh, we still got early bird tickets. So you can use that early bird discount, early bird, um, and people can still get $100 off. So I'm excited. Uh, that, was a, that was a big person to land. I'm actually working on a couple others. So I'm hoping to announce a few other uh, very uh, popular people that'll be coming hopefully to our conference as well. So I'm excited for Brandon Turner. I've read a few of his books, so I know he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a, he's a fun guy. I, uh, you know, I was able to be on the bigger pockets podcast, which was really cool. And he was, you know, the, the host or co-host or I don't know, whatever it was, but uh, a lot of, a lot of fun talking with him, both, during the show and then off air too. Uh, just, just a fun guy to get to know. And uh, you got a very bright personality. And he's from Minnesota. So it was a beautiful awesome. thing. So it worked out well for him. Not, he lives in Hawaii, not in Minnesota. Uh, but he's still got family here. So I think it works out pretty well for, for probably him too. Uh, and it works out really well for us. So it's a good, good deal. Awesome. So, so today, uh, Matt, we're going to do a little bit of a conversation, just a limited partner. Um, you are a potential limited partner. I'm the general sponsor. And uh, basically, we're going to see how, uh, how non-corny we can try to make it so people can learn something from us. 
so you're just going to ask me a couple questions. I'm going to answer them as best I can. Uh, that way, hopefully, people can kind of learn, maybe some take some things that limited partners might want to be asking. Because if, if you're sitting out there as a limited partner, you might go, okay, what kind of questions should I ask? And then as a, as a general partner, of course, um, you want to know those questions that limited partners might, might be asking and how should we really process and think about that. Yep. So with that said, uh, what kind of deals do you look at, Todd? Because I, I want to know if my investment plan matches with yours. Yep, yep. So type of deals I focus on is value-add real estate. My main niche is value-add multifamily. So what that basically means is, look, we, we're looking for properties that need anywhere between about five to $10,000 per unit. They're mostly stabilized assets, uh, meaning they've got 85% occupancy or better. Uh, we do also look at some distressed assets, but that's not our main niche. Um, and, and then uh, we're looking to raise rents, lower expenses, that type of thing. And we've typically got about a five to eight year hold period uh, on our assets. Now we do also look at different asset classes with strategic partners. So we are expanding into other areas, looking at potential diversification uh, and areas that we can really continue to grow in. But those are always with strategic partners who have a focus in that area because we want to make sure that we are aligned well, we're set up for success. So, you know, that's really what we're looking for when we're looking at any type of asset is, can we be set up for success? What kind of strategic partners uh, do you usually bring into the deal? Well, for instance, uh, you know, I'm I'm working on potentially getting an office building uh, done and we'll see, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of moving parts to getting any deals done, but this would be a partner that uh, I would be teaming with, has a lot of experience in the office space, uh, owns a brokerage and property management company. They've done a lot of office. And so my value, it, of course, his value, his company's value is that expertise. My value is the value add experience that I have. My value is being able to bring the funds to the deal. My value is the asset management. Uh, the the infrastructure. So um, so I bring some values, and the partner would bring that kind of industry expertise, and that's really important, right? Because I can do a value add. I can do value add on any asset class, but at the same time, there's differences. There's little nuances with every asset class. So you know, even even when we're talking multifamily, I mean. A, a, an A plus class versus a C class is there's, there's differences, right. And even within different markets. So we want to make sure that whatever our company does, that we're going to be experts and going to be able to be performing to where we expect and, and hopefully better. And how do you know if a property is a good deal or not? Uh, well, I mean, it's just, it's just through our underwriting, right? So a lot of market research, a lot of data research, uh, we research first, first and foremost, it comes with the market, right? The sub market that we're going to be investing in. So, you know, pick, pick any city. I mean, you know that, look, we can pick Minneapolis and, and North Minneapolis is different than South Minneapolis, which is different from, you know, the Lake of the Isles, which is different from Edina, you know? So, um, 
we want to make sure we're in good, solid core sub markets that, you know, have all the fright fundamentals. So we're looking for job growth and, you know, we're looking for uh, income growth, population growth. We're looking for transportation. Um, you know, we're looking for cities that are proactive cities that are landlord friendly. So we're shying away from certain cities that might be putting things in place that may hurt us in the, in the future. Um, and, and so first and foremost, it's that market. And there's, of course, a little more that we dig into, which we can go into if you'd like. But then we also look into, um, you know, the, the overall um, asset itself, you know, exactly look, the location of it, exactly um, what's going on with the property. Why is it not working out? today and maybe it's still working out today but what type of opportunity do we have we want to make sure we can add enough value to it to where it really makes sense because right now you know i want to be buying properties and being able to force equity you know into them that's the biggest key and so you know to make sure they're successful it's just it's all about putting all the key places pieces together in the puzzle you know and then, and then after we close obviously it's about management asset management how do you add value besides your beyond just adding paint and things like that um yeah i mean you know you got your renovations like you said uh, that adds value potentially right we still got to make sure it, we can hit the numbers um but beyond that you know we can do things like the, the my favorite value add is expense reduction and most people miss that right and so here's the best part about expense reduction expense reduction withstands recessions, right? The only thing that happens during recessions is typically ex your expenses actually go down, right? Utility companies stop doing big increases. Taxes stop going up and they might even potentially go down if you can get your property reassessed. Um, the labor prices typically, you know, even out or go down, material prices, say, all of that. But if we've already done other things to put in place, like we have made major capital improvements so we don't have to do big fixes during the downturn. Um, we've renovated units so we don't have to do all this extra maintenance that might come up. And then we've done things like energy efficiency, right? We've put in the LED light bulbs, the low flow toilets, the, all that type of stuff and really reduced our expenses. That's going to withstand any recession. Okay. And you mentioned underwriting before. Could you take me a little bit more in depth on your underwriting process? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a big, big topic. So, you know, what do you specifically want to know? I mean, I could talk in kind of a blanket statement or if you have any particular things that you'd like to know. Uh, you know, I just want to understand like how you vet a particular property. Like, are you running comps? Uh, are you visiting the property or how do you run the numbers? Yeah, again, pretty big topic, but uh, we definitely run run when comparables. Uh, we're looking at rents and making sure we can achieve those rents, uh, the the new rents that we want to try to get to. We're doing secret shopping of properties nearby um, to make sure that you know we're comparing apples to apples. Um, we're comparing it with our property management company, making sure our property management company is on board with what we think we can achieve. So going through all of that, and then we're really looking at uh, uh, the overall kind of picture of the property and, and what's going on, what's happened with the market, with the sub market. Uh, we look a lot at history too. 
Uh, and I think that's a different approach than a lot of companies do is we look at kind of historical data and what's happened in the market. Now, I know that's backwards thinking, but we want to make sure that if a recession does happen, we're well insulated and protected. So we do a lot of stress testing. Um, you know, if, if, if during the last couple of recessions, occupancy went down to 85%, well, we're going to look at what our properties look like at 85% occupied. If, if rents went down, you know, we're going to look at that. If we had to do a lot of concessions, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to look at that historical and see, okay, what happens, you know, where, where have cap rates been previously and what happens if it goes back to that level? Um, you know, what is our property? What's our investment look like? We want to make sure at minimum, at minimum, we're breaking even if bad things happen, right? Um, we always want to be, of course, making money. But the biggest thing is we're, we're trying to preserve your capital. Like you obviously aren't going to invest 100 grand, 200 grand, whatever into our deal thinking that it's a lottery ticket and it might win, but it might lose. Like that's not what our investors are typically looking for. They're looking for safe, stable investment. They don't want to lose their capital and they'd really like to uh, obviously make a good return. And that's what we try to provide. As I'm looking at all these other deals from all these other uh, different uh, sponsors, you know, they all look really good and they all look like I'd be able to make good money off of them. But how can I tell whether, you know, one sponsor or one deal is good versus uh, the other? Like what does your underwriting show and what do I need to look for? Yeah. So that Matt right there is like a super critical question, right? Because you might not know, you're not, you're not looking at all the details and I can look, uh, we can go through it if you want, but I can manipulate my spreadsheet to make a deal look super good. It doesn't take me very long. Just change a couple numbers kind of here and there. And all of a sudden, my deal looks really good. So here's a couple things I would tell you to really look at when you're looking at deals. First of all, look at the rents, okay? The, the, first and foremost, what are the rents today and where are they going and how do they come up with those numbers? Like, where are their rent comps? And what I want to make sure is their rent comps are actually comps. So either, you know, you actually know the area or ask people that are in that area, like, hey, is like, these properties, are they similar? Um, are they similar age, right? Are they similar square footage? And then the other thing is, look, I mean, maybe my property is, is uh, in this neighborhood here, but this other property is in another neighborhood and it has a different name. The neighborhood has a different name. Well, that's potentially big. The other big like key thing is railroad tracks, freeway systems. Like if they're on the other side of the railroad tracks or freeway, like they're not comps, right? Big difference. So I look at the rent comps, square footage. Like, look, I was underwriting a deal the other day and it was, um, you know, the average unit size was like 600 square feet and all the comps were for average unit sizes of like a thousand square feet. If I'm going to, I can't, I can't use that. Like th those are totally different properties, right? So I, I can trick you pretty easily if I wanted to. And that's obviously not who I am, but some people are not even necessarily trying to trick you. They just don't know. Like they're just inexperienced and they're using that and they're hopeful. Like things have been going really well. So a lot of people can hide their mistakes, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that I would look at that first and foremost. I would look at uh, the, the growth expectations. Look, if, if people are trying to tell you that rent's going to grow for, you know, 
three, four, five percent continually over the next five years, and that expenses are only going to grow, you know, one, two percent. That that's not realistic. Uh, ordinary inflation is right around two percent. You know, that's that's what we underwrite. We underwrite ordinary inflation, both on our expenses and our income. It's just how it's going to be. Um, and then you can you can dig into the expenses and and try to get more familiar with those. I think that's really important, but. The other big thing that people do is the cap rates, okay? So I can manipulate cap rate and tell you, look, this market is selling for a five cap, and in the future, we're going to sell it at a five and a half cap. Well, if the real facts are that I'm, I'm underwriting at a five and a half cap, and this property actually is going to sell in the future at a six and a half cap, that could be the difference between you making money and you losing money. Right. Um, so you want to make sure that these cap rates are actually accurate. Look, I looked at a deal and I know this deal. I'm not going to mention any names, but this person was purchasing this deal. They got on a contract and I was blown away because they've overpaid what I was willing to pay by like 28%. Wow. Okay? Yeah. Wow. Is right. Um, I looked at their offering. And they were telling their investors that they were going to sell it five years down the road at 4.7 something cap. And they said, because they're buying it at a 4.25 cap. And so they're saying we're being conservative because we're adding 50 basis points to our exit cap rate, right? We're buying it at four and a quarter. We're selling at four and three quarter. Looks good, right? Well, here's the, here's the facts though. That property in today's market, stabilized, should sell for about a five and a quarter cap. They're buying at a four and a quarter cap. They're telling their investors, hey, we're buying at a four and a quarter, so it should sell at four and three quarter. Well, guess what? Today's market, it should sell for a five and a quarter cap, which means if you're actually trying to be conservative, you would more like say it's going to sell at a five and three quarter or a six cap. Okay. So right there, they're making well over a million dollars. And then this size of property was like, like two and a half million dollars. That's getting flushed down the toilet. So right there, that's super important. And how do you figure that out? Well, you know, you can talk to brokers in the area. Um, you can, you know, you can do that market research. There's a lot of market research out there free, like Marcus and Millichap. And I can, I'll send you a whole article on how to find that information. It's really, really pretty easy typically. So, but that's super, those things are super important because they can make a world of difference. Yeah. I'm sure that uh, the seller of that property is happy and I appreciate your help with the, the research and my education to know, you know, what I'm getting myself into. Yeah. The seller loved that deal, right? <laughs> There's a lot of happy sellers out there. So yeah, man, I, you just got to be careful. Uh, I'd be happy to look at, you know, the deals that you you're, you're looking at and give you my input. And, um, we try to just be smart about it. We want to make sure we're taking care of your money and we want to make sure that, you know, you are being represented properly. Hey, we've got the North Star Real Estate Conference coming April 24th and 25th in Minneapolis. And this conference is going to be for everyone. We're covering the gamut of real estate. If you are just beginning, this conference is for you. If you have 100, 200, 500 units, this conference is for you. If you want to get into commercial real estate, this conference 
is for you. And the best part about the North Star Real Estate Conference is the networking. The networking is phenomenal. We've got high performers there. We've got amazing speakers and amazing attendees that are gonna be adding a ton of value to your business. We can't wait to see you there April 24th and 25th. Check it out, I'll see you there. What are your thoughts about the state of the market? I mean, you mentioned recession. I don't know when the next recession is going to happen, but what if it happens tomorrow and we just bought our place today? Um, well, yeah. So what we do to try to insulate on that, again, is, is the stress testing, like I talked about, is, is looking at historical data. That's that's a big thing. But then we're, we're looking at properties that can cash flow um, with, with even today's market. So we, we don't you know, we want to add that value, right? And hopefully we can add that value before the recession happens and then we're really well insulated. Um, but even if we can't do that, you know, can we still be profiting without the value add? So we look at a lot at that, um, want to make sure we're in a good cash flow position. We also want to make sure we're to get good cash position, right? So we do uh, nine months worth of principal and interest payments. Uh, that's, we raise extra to put into a, an escrow account. Um, so we always are in the good cash position. And then the, the last thing is we want to make sure financing is lined up and, and it's good financing for the project and, and good financing for us. So those are like the three main things. Uh, but we also look at a lot of other things too. Like, like I already said earlier, we want to make sure we're in good core areas where we feel like our, you know, we're going to have tenants, you know, even in a downturn, we're still going to have good tenants that are going to pay. We want to make sure we have tenants our tenant profile where they're not stretched to the max. You know, when you look at like rent affordability across the nation, it's, it's crazy. Some of these cities and submarkets are like, it's crazy. People can't afford to pay rent. Well, we're, we're not interested in those markets. We're looking at markets where we've got, you know, tenants that are only paying like 25% or less than their, their income. That's what we want. We don't want these like, 40, 50% crazy markets that are out there. And there's plenty of them out there. Um, and you know what? Those are probably the hottest markets that you see a lot of syndications getting done. But we don't like that. I feel like those are high risk uh, properties. So those are kind of the things we, we're, we're doing to hedge against a, a recession. And you're right. A recession is going to happen. I don't know if it's tomorrow, like you said, or if it's going to be you know, five to seven years from now. Um, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's going to happen and we want to be prepared. And there's a very good chance, uh, in my opinion, that a recession happens during our holding period. What kind of experience do you and your team have? Um, yeah, so I, I'd love to have you, you know, go on to my, my website. It's got a bunch of information there and, and you can listen to, I've been on a lot of different podcasts too, so you can kind of hear my whole story, but basically we've been doing this business, uh, for 12 years. Uh, right now we've got, uh, about 600 units, um, you know, and, and uh, under management and, and we've done a lot of value add value adds my main experience. Uh, before I was doing apartments, I was doing flipping. And so everything was value add there. Uh, obviously it's a little different, but everything was value add. My, I, I bought a lot of one to four families, small apartments. Um, and those were all, you know, value add everything. Everything was always doing construction, always lowering expenses, always doing st stuff to try to continue to raise the value of the property. So everything's always been the same strategy. And now it's instead of, 
you know, one to four family instead of a 20 unit, instead of a 30 unit. Now we're looking at 100, 200, 300 unit buildings. And that's kind of what we specialize in when you asked, you know, um, larger, larger asset types. Okay. I'll put your uh, website, Venture D Properties, in the show notes. Uh, what does your business plan normally look like for a property? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I kind of went through that already, but we're looking at, um, you know, value add. So every property is slightly unique. Um, but our main goal, our main mission is to provide solid, safe, affordable housing. Or if we're looking at a commercial building, it would be, um, you know, a place of, of business. But we're, we're looking at solid, safe, affordable housing for our residents. We're looking to take a property that needs a little bit of love and uh, bring it back to its former glory, basically, and provide tenants with a great place to live. Look, we want our tenants to feel proud of where they live, right? We want our tenants to want to have dinner dates at their house or parties at their place that, you know, we want them to feel like they can bring people over and not have to go to their house all the time because they're embarrassed to bring people into the place they live. The, the hallways are gross. There's no lighting. You know, their, their apartment has carpet that's 18 years old, you know, that type of stuff. They got orange countertops and, you know, cabinets from 1972. Uh, we don't want that. We want nice, clean places. We want them to be attractive to people. We want everybody to feel comfortable and happy to live there. And I have a few hundred thousand dollars of equity in some of my properties. Uh, can I 1031 into one of your syndications? The answer is maybe. Uh, now, if you just have a couple hundred thousand, I would say probably not because we have to set up a different type of structure and it doesn't work as well um, when it's just a smaller amount, but you know, if you ever like sold those properties and you've got a million dollars or a couple million dollars, then it starts to work. So we have to do what's called a tick, a tenants in common or a DST, a Delaware statutory trust. And there's just some nuances with those that, that make them less attractive to the regular investor. Um, so the answer is maybe, but likely not with just a hundred or $200,000. And I have some money in my retirement account. Could I use a self-directed IRA to invest with you? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great question. Um, for sure. That, that's a hundred percent. And I probably have about 25% or so of my investors that do that in every deal. They do a self-directed IRA. The biggest thing, Matt, that I want you to be aware of when you're, if you're going to do a self-directed IRA, we want to be teed up prior to investing. It doesn't mean you have to have it in the account. It doesn't mean you have to have it already all set up and the money just sitting there waiting. No, that's not the case, but you, I want you to have the conversation. So I'll, after this call, I'm going to email you a couple referrals. Okay. And I want you to talk with those people and just get everything aligned and figure out, okay, what's the timeline that it's going to take? Cause the last thing I wanted you to go, Hey, I, I really wish I could have invest in your deal. Cause I got, you know, hundred K my self-directed IRA that I'd like to invest, but it just wasn't set up. I didn't know what I was doing. So let's get educated right now. I'll, I'll send you those contacts. So you can contact them and, and just, you know, have that conversation and then be teed up and ready to go. Like I said, you don't have to have your money just sitting around doing nothing. Do you accept both accredited and non-accredited investors? Uh, yeah, but you know, look, if you, if you're accredited, it makes it a lot easier. Um, 
you know, as, as far as accredited investor, you just, it qualifies a lot easier. If you're not a accredited investor, um, I want to have a lot more conversations with you and which is, which is fine. Like, look, I love talking with mm -hmm. potential investors, so I'm happy to have some conversations with you, but I've got to make sure you're a sophisticated investor. So we're going to have to, you know, do that. Uh, are you a credit or not a credit? Uh, I'm not accredited, but okay. savvy. So, so yeah, so we'll, you know, I'll send you an email uh, and it'll just ask you a few questions. So I want to make sure kind of, you know what you're doing and I trust that you know what you're doing. Look, but I mean, the IRS or sorry, SEC, you know, necessarily doesn't. So we just got to check the boxes basically. And then, uh, you know, I'm going to put you on my mailing list and we'll say, I send out newsletters to all my investors. So you'll get a bunch of educational information there and it'll you know help you as well along your journey. And, and we're just going to get to know each other a little bit more. So it definitely is possible. I'm definitely happy to, to put you on my list. We're just going to have to, uh, you know, check all the boxes basically. So if I invest with you in a syndication, how do I get paid? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so there's a couple of ways and it really depends on how we set it up. So we got two types of return expectations. We've got a 10% preferred and with no upside. So in that case, if it was a 10% preferred with no upside and you invested, let's call it $100,000, you get a check every single year for $10,000, right? And so we pay actually uh, on a monthly basis, but you, it would add up to $10,000 every single year. And, and that would go for the life of the investment to, to, what, to when you got your $100,000 back. So, and that's just a straight 10% preferred. Now, preferred doesn't mean guarantee, right? And, and there's, there's never a guarantee on anything that we do because you're an equity partner. Um, so what it is, is you're, you get the first $10,000, right? And then after that, then we start as a group collecting our uh, percentages, okay? So you're getting, the, you're getting paid first and foremost. We're not taking anything. And then we start collecting. So, so it's basically putting yourself in, into the safest position we can, right? Um, the other one is, a, is a, our traditional, more traditional one. That's an equity uh, split. So that's our 70-30. That's our, you know, asset management fees and, and acquisition fees. We can go through that in a bit. Uh, but basically, again, you're in preferred position. Uh, we're at 7% preferred in this case. And again, you get paid before we get paid. Okay, it's not still not a guarantee. So I'd want to make sure I'm clear on that. But uh, we pay on that on a quarterly basis and you're getting your money every single quarter, uh, preferred return. You know, if we don't make 7%, we make 5%, you get 5%. Um, but we, again, we don't get paid then. And then when we sell the property in that case, when we sell or refinance the property, uh, sorry, when we sell the property, then you get your principal back. So your 100K back. And then you get 70% of all the profits. And if you haven't got to your 7% preferred, that's where you catch up and get to your 7%. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. a, a, lot of, a lot of confusion. So I'll send you some documents so you can understand that and kind of see that. Um, and if you have any questions on it, we can go through it more in detail. Well, how soon could I be able to get my initial investment back? How soon could you get your initial investment back? Well, that's, that's another good question. Depends on the type, again, if it's a 10% preferred. Or, and it depends on the business plan. The business plan will really spell it out. But typically, I would say you want to count on about five years. 
before you're going to see that principal back. Now there's cases where you might see it quicker, but again, we, uh, we don't, even if we're going to refinance, typically we don't underwrite the refinance. We might mention that we're, we hope to refinance, but we don't want to promise anybody a refinance that you can get all your money back. Cause I think once you start doing that, you're putting a lot more risk into the deal and we just don't like putting risk into the deal. So typically you're going to see your money back when you sell. You mentioned some fees. Is that how you get paid or, or how does that work? Yeah. So my company gets paid a couple of ways. Uh, we have an acquisition fee typically, and that's usually about 2% of the purchase price. And then, uh, and then we have uh, an asset management fee that's ongoing and that's typically 2% of the gross revenue and that's to do asset management. Now that's not all profit. We spend a lot of that money with our asset management. Okay. We're, we're doing a lot of phone calls. We're doing, you know, we've got overhead with our bookkeeper and other people that are part of our company. So a lot of that's not profit. Most of, most of it's not quite frankly, that's uh, really not a profit center. It's more of a break even. Um, and then the other way we get paid is we get paid when you get paid, we get paid on the profit. If the building makes a lot of money, um, then we get paid that 30% that, uh, that are, are split. Yeah. And lastly, uh, how, how do I know if I can trust you with my money or not? Yeah. Good. Uh, super good question. Look, I mean, I think, uh, referrals are huge. So I've got a lot of referrals we can give you. Um, so that's important. Um, obviously you can look at our experience and what we've done. Um, you know, I, I, I'm all over podcasts. I'm very transparent. I'm all over other people's podcasts. I've got my own podcast. Um, you know, I've got a lot of information out there about who I am. I think you can do a lot of research on that. Um, I definitely, definitely highly encourage you to research who I am, what I do, um, my experience, all that kind of stuff. And, and really come to your own conclusion. I don't want anybody to invest with me who's a little leery at all, because I want you to be 100% confident and comfortable with who you're investing with. So I think, uh, you know, obviously understanding who our company is, is, is just super important and who I am. Is there anything else I need to know? No, I'll just send you some information and uh, that way you can take a look at it. We can definitely jump on another call. And I'm actually going to, you know, since you're not accredited, we're going to set up a couple more calls uh, as well. And we want to make sure that, you know, we've got a good working relationship um, with each other. So. All right. Sounds good. Cool, Matt. Appreciate the phone call and you have a fantastic rest of the day. You too. Awesome. Well, so, you know, People, people want to see, hear about that story. And anybody who's new who's going, boy, I mean, like, I don't have the experience. I don't have any properties. We can't, I can't talk about that. Well, okay. We have to figure out who our team is, right? We have to build our team. So you can lean on your team. You know, if you have a property management company, you can lean on that. If you have your own experience, maybe you're, you're, you're a manager at your, at your job, or maybe you are a manager at your job, you can lean on that. Um, you know, maybe you own another business or whatever it is. So, so lean on that type of stuff and then lean on your team, right? So like I said, your property management company, your real estate brokers, um, anybody else you're bringing into the deal that has any kind of expertise, your advisors, if you have a, if you hired a, a coach uh, or a mentor, you know, that they're now your advisor, right? And so you can bring those in as, bring them in as your experts. And when they say, hey, what kind of experience do you have? We'll say, well, look, this is what I've done. And be honest with them. Like, you don't have to tell them you've done any real estate deals. You can tell them what you've done. You can tell them, look, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we're working with, 
you know, ABC property management company and they, they manage, you know, 10,000 units in the market um, with a very similar business plan to what we're, we're, you know, looking at, you know, my advisor, so-and-so has purchased X amount of units. And so you can talk about other people as well. You don't have to only talk about yourself. I think that's really important. And then the other thing that's important is have like a, a sample deal uh, that you can share with investors after the phone call. I might not want to share it a lot during the phone call because that gets kind of maybe a little, a little too much, but I want to share that after say, Hey, I'll send you one of my sample deals. And so you're going to send them a slide deck and um, you're going to send them some of your underwriting and maybe some question and answers, stuff like that. Awesome. So, cool. Um, yeah. Anything else, Matt? Nope. Awesome. Well, hopefully this was helpful for our listeners and, and they were able to get something out of it. Yeah. Matt, make every day Saturday, man. Thanks, you too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.